and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. And on the other line, the head of the Two Leslie Awards campaign, it's Hunter Heilman. I was actually going to try, I was literally trying to find some like special noises and shit of like destruction going on outside and like sirens everywhere because like you'd think you (laughs) would think that los angeles was nuked this morning i i made an avid point not to hop on film twitter this i shouldn't have shouldn't (laughs) have i got up at 8 30 and watched those those damn things and I, i listened to the broadcast but I, I made a point to I am not going to go on, I, on, I on was Twitter like, for I'm it. I'm going to go back to bed. And of course, like, I ended up going back to bed. But of course, I had to look around for a minute. And I shouldn't have. And unfortunately, I've been there all day. So, Hunter, you're here because on this week's episode, we're going to talk about uh, literally hours ago, before you and I hopped on mic, uh, the nominations for this year's Academy Awards were, were unveiled by... Uh, Allison Williams and Riz Ahmed. Who should be hosting. Right? Like, so good. Such good, good chemistry. Such good chemistry. Allison Williams is, I don't Megan care. Megan can come out. I, I don't care about Nepo Baby discourse. She is a star. I love her. She's fabulous. No, did you see the video of um, Drew, Drew Barrymore? Barrymore? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Honestly, her and Drew Barrymore should host. It'd be hilarious. Every now and then I see a clip from the Drew Barrymore show and it's, I'm a little like, I don't, it's a little bit like what kind of like weird surrealist nightmare scape has, am I watching? It's, you have, it's always just the most like bizarre thing. There you was have like, to remember <laughs> she grew up in Hollywood. You don't have the life she has and are normal. And it's, we are, it, she is a blessed human being that she was able to make it to the good side of weird because. Yes, definitely. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing, but it's oh, always just, it's way more like bonkers than any daytime. <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's like, it's got those awkward moments, but A, no one else is doing what she's doing. <laughs> and B, there are 100%. some times where that weirdness transpires into like really touching moments. She did an interview with Jeanette McCurdy where she spoke mm. about like being a child star. Great interview. And then recently, I don't like him. That being said, she did an interview with like Machine Gun Kelly where he painted her nails and like didn't have to make eye contact. And they spoke the whole time of he's about like, He just doesn't like being very out there. And she's like, I totally understand that. Like, let him. It was like a weird therapy session. I love her. Wasn't there? I feel like I saw a weird interview with her and Steven Spielberg talking about E.T. on the show. She's done that as well. And then there was like Keanu Reeves coming on and her talking about like her being at a club when she probably shouldn't have been at a club, but she Uh was a movie star then and him like putting her on her motorcycle and he kind of can't quite recall the story as well as she can. No, no, it's absolutely like Kelly Clarkson has the best daytime talk show, but I think like Drew Barrymore has like the most interesting viewpoint because she's Drew Barrymore. I love Uh, her. She makes good makeup too. She has, she has a makeup line. That's really good. Um, No free ads. Sorry, it's at Walmart. It's like I just had to. I just had to make that. <laughs> it's like six, they're like six bucks. It's not Sephora level shit she's making. Um. So yeah, we, I don't know that we're necessarily going to go category by category. I feel like people. Some of them don't matter. Oh, I don't want to say some of them don't matter, but some of them hit every point that I expected. Yeah, them to I thought it would be more fun to kind of do a sort of broad swath, but I figured I it it worth mentioning that. You know, no point in going over the ones that like were the ones that I expected. No, I I'll I'll just give a general like what were the ten movies that got nominated for best picture, and then we can kind of pick category whatever yeah. what we want to talk about. But yeah, you know, before no- we start, I desperate, I really, I desperately have to make a plea. Literally, you would think that Ana de Armas killed a person. We. We need to not get hysterical about this. <laughs> I love the Oscars. I love the Oscars. I love they them too. They don't but matter. They don't matter for the I, most part. I Every think... now and then there's one that does, but like as a whole, if someone doesn't get nominated, I think they matter for the for the historical record, but I I I have made I've come to peace in especially like the last 
year, especially since I riled myself up so much last year with four of the lead up to the show of th- this year. I'm like, you know what? I'm trying to be better about my mental health this year. I'm I'm not going to let it get to me. I'm not going to be stop going off on the internet. <laughs> stop expecting the Academy to do the right thing. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they give Parasite Best Picture. Um, most of the time they don't. Yeah. So let's go ahead and brace for that. Because if we're getting this worked up about the nominees, just wait until they have to pick one person out of the five. Maybe a good uh, sort of way for us to start is, what do you think about these nominees? They're Hunter? not that bad. Some, but some some of them are. There's there's a few I have issues with. They're, as a whole, I don't think they're that bad. And I think I had more pleasant surprises than I did like, ew, why are they there? Like, I had a few of those too, don't worry. But like For, for a movie year that I thought was kind of like, just okay, kind of once, once we got to the end of it, I think this grouping of nominations, that there, we'll get into some, there were some surprises but I, I think for the most part, like the people we thought were going to be there were there. But most of I the movies in Best Picture are not in my top 10. And that's how it is every year. And so I'm not but, like, but there I were a few say, that are. I will say most of the movies in Best Picture are except, good, except for one. I would I would if someone was like, should I see that? I would be like, might yeah, as well. Yeah, movie, go for it. Mo- most of them are at the very least like pretty good. Which I is- haven't seen all of them. I will buy Oscar date. There's only which ones? There's only one I haven't seen. Actually, I haven't seen okay. um, Triangle of Sadness, which I have the yeah. screener up here. I'm that's, not. A- that's one of the ones where like I'm not crazy about but that movie. So many other people are. I understand why it's here, considering like how much more international the Oscars are, and this movie is. I think was met with kind of mixed reviews here in the states. I don't love like- Ruben Oslin, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna make a statement on that movie until I see it because I saw but, a. I saw a lot of people today making a lot of statements for shit that they two tweets later would admit that they hadn't seen. Well, I'll I'll say that movie. I think while it got kind of mixed reviews here in the states, like was very well celebrated over in Europe and like won like the European version of the Oscars. So it's not, it's, you I, know, I, the Swedes love that shit. They I, love feeling better. <laughs> I was predicting that it was going to wind up here. Cause I was like, this, this movie's like very popular overseas, but you know, I'm not like, surprised it's there. St- yeah. And still one where like, if someone was like, should I check that out? I'd be like, yeah, that movie is like, it's not, I, I don't love it. I think there's sections of it that are amazing and other sections of it that really fall flat. But like, I would still, Tell I somebody to, like, I need to it's watch worth. it. Maybe I'll watch it sometime. Yeah. So I'll all all is to say the ten movies nominated for Best Picture: Top Gun Maverick, Great Women, Women Talking. Oh, so that's one of my pleasant surprises. Glad it got in. I have a lot of issues with some of the other places it didn't show up, but I'm happy it's here. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Naturally, Banshees of Inisherin. Naturally, Triangle of Sadness, as we mentioned. Yep. The Fablemans. Naturally. All Quiet on the Western Front. What a showing. Avatar The Way of Water. Expected. Elvis, which I think is the one on here that I'm not that wild about, but I don't know, love the I'm movie. not surprised it's it's on there. It's I don't it, Yeah, I don't love it, but I love Austin Butler yes, in it. Yes. Um, and then uh you and I's beloved Tar. Favorite movie of last year. So L- happy to L- see it. Lydia showed up. Um yeah. so you know, I, I want to pose this to you. I think for all the hand wringing, especially in the last couple years we've done about like the Oscars don't nominate the movies that the the people the, the two highest grossing movies see. of the year are nominated, well, and I, the third highest grossing is uh, nominated in a lot of other categories, just not Best Picture. Well, I was even going to say I feel like not quite a fifty fifty split, but I feel like this is is pretty close to a fifty fifty split between kind of like the more kind of traditional sort of award season movies that maybe like the wider public didn't necessarily go check out but tar kind of all quiet on the western front triangle of sadness and i would argue maybe banshees and definitely women talking the women talking that's a whole nother point i gotta get to in a minute about how that movie was released but well i i would throw fablemans in there of, of movies that got it's kind a of like spielberg movie you listen i know it did terrible but it got a wide release from universal and is a spielberg movie yeah and and all quiet on the western front it's kind of hard to sort of that's almost in its own different thing because that's a Netflix movie. And I anecdotally, I know a lot of people who've seen that movie just because they were like, 
oh, a World War One movie on Netflix. It's, I'll check that out. Everyone but, knows um, the title. Yes. So I, I think that that I almost put in a separate thing, but certainly like to me, Fableman's Triangle of Sadness, Women Talking, Tar, and um, Banshees of Inishirin, all movies that got kind of the traditional like festival rollout, building hype, good reviews, um, kind, kind of getting into the Oscar conversation that way. But then I would say like Top Gun Maverick, Elvis, um, though Elvis and, had and Elvis had the can release though, so even yeah. though it was a big movie, it still but, but, also but had two, that treatment. Those two, those two in Avatar, like yeah. big hits, and even everything everywhere all at once, hundred million dollars surprise kind of crossover hit that I, I a lot of mainstream moviegoers went and saw and really yeah. loved. So it, it 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 feels to me like it's kind of a a for the most part, like I said, not total fifty fifty split, but a kind of like mix of sort of the more kind of art house sort of quote unquote criticy titles the the sort of prestige titles and just sort of like movies that big big crowd pleasers that were kind of the movies that like general public went and saw last year but are also pretty beloved i would say yeah i would argue that of the big budget nominations i think probably the one with the most amount of love for it is top gun Mm -hmm. i saw someone say today it's like do you ever think about how this the, a single voting body voted for both Top Gun Maverick and All Quiet on the Western Front in one go? Yes. <laughs> it's like anti-war and like not pro-war by any stretch of the imagination, but like not anti-war. No, no. It's just I thought that that was like a funny point someone made today. I liked, but um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a I think it's a nice balance. I think I mean you're never gonna make anyone happy because if you're talking to someone like me, I'm gonna sit there and be like, why wasn't Gaspar Noé's new movie in here? But like on the other hand, you're gonna have people who it's like, well, I don't know all of these movies. You know, we should have um, I'm I'm not we should have Love and Thunder in here. And I'm not I'm not hearing that in this year. If well, I'm not. You know what? You know what? I was saying this last year and I'm really not going to hear it this year. I'm not going to, I'm not going to take the like, but I haven't seen this be like, you know what? When I was like 12, I had not seen all the movies nominated for the Oscars, but I would watch them and be like, I want to see no country for old men. You know what? I Like everyone needs to get a lot more curious. I'm not saying you have to like all of these. Like I had some, I had a friend the other day who was like, I watched Banshees and Sharon and I thought it was bad, but it was like, you made the effort you watched to go it. see it. You watched it. <laughs> yeah, literally, like, that was, that was any time. So, like, one of my friends, a lot of, like, one of my close movie friends, she's not, like, super into watching, like, a ton of movies, but, like, she's very informed about everything. So when she says, I don't really want to see something, I'm like, I get that. Honestly, if you've already made that decision, you're probably not going to like it. But every now and then I get a text of, like, I got a text the other day saying, you know, I thought I was going to hate the menu, but I kind of love that. I was like, see, see how that happens. I know, I know. We're Listen, it wasn't nominated. We don't have to talk it about it. Yeah, we don't have to talk about we it. We don't have to talk about it. I don't, I don't have it. to talk about the cheeseburger scene. Um, oh, listen, we, we're on two separate wavelengths here, but I'm also not, I am not. I want to make it clear I'm pro cheeseburger on on, on this podcast. I am too, but not pro menu. You're not pro menu. I'm, I'm pro definitely menu. not pro menu. I'm pro um, menu. I like the menu. But I think I'm glad you brought up the menu because uh, something that I noticed with the menu that I've, I'm also seeing with some of the other movies that are nominated for Oscars is, and this is my maybe plea to some of the studios is like, it's going to benefit putting some of this on a streaming service. Like I, I mentioned, I think on last week's episode, like, Banshee's been sharing didn't do that well in the box office, but I know a ton of people who have been watching it last month because it's been on HBO Max. Same with the menu. The menu. So here's you want to here's something, though. So the theater in which I work at, we showed the menu for like a month and a half because other than everything everywhere all at once, which was obviously a smash, the Mm -hmm. menu hands down was our second most popular movie of the year. It had insane legs Mm -hmm. of like people coming to see it out of nowhere that empire of light as well um it yeah it's very interesting i liked empire of light and even i was the, like this the, is interesting the soul theater given given that movie it's box office probably we are a two-screen movie theater built into an old building with a colorful cast of employees of course we loved that movie um 
No, but like that's one. But especially we had it even once it was on HBO Max and it still mm-hmm. had people coming. Yeah, and I, I think the only nominees that are not available to streams, Fablemans, which I assume will go to Peacock. Peacock, but you then, can wa- but you can watch it on VOD though, right? You've been um, able to watch it on VOD for a while, but it'll be on Peacock. I say within yeah. the month. And Tar, I believe, I forget Friday, Friday, and Friday. where's that going? Peacock, Peacock, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Triangle of Sadness. I don't. That, is that on Hulu yet? But that will be going to it will, Hulu. It will be on Hulu, and then Women Talking will be on um, Prime because it's that's um, right, it's, uh, MGM. Yeah. Well, let's let's go to some like category let's. things. Um, just to kind of you know, I think talk about the broad swath of this, and then you know, if there's anything else you kind of want to like yeah. bring up, we can we can jump into that. So I first want to ask you, let's let's stay positive and let's talk about like. What what was your most pleasant surprise among the nominees? Some something that you were like, I was not expecting that, or I didn't think that would happen, but I'm thrilled it did. Hands down, hands down, Stephanie Shu. Yeah, Stephanie Shu. I yeah. thought so. Here's the thing, I loved her performance so much. She was my favorite best. She was my best supporting actress pick this last year. I adored her, and I couldn't understand why she wasn't getting the traction that I thought she should have for the most of the season. And -hmm. because of that, I ended up like a lot of people kind of resenting Jamie Lee Curtis for the Mm. traction she was getting, even though I think Jamie Lee Curtis is great and everything ever all at once. She's very funny, but I think Stephanie Sue has like, she, you know, she has the, like, she has to help carry the emotional arc of that. Yes. Like truly. it, 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 it it felt like Curtis sort of getting all the attention was like, well, she's the more famous of the two when a lot of us kind of on the sidelines were like, she's good in that movie, but it's weird that like Stephanie Sue is not the one that you're yeah. like, that is going after the automatic shoe in. Even, but this, you know. her, her last name is pr- pronounced shoe. So she's a shoe in. No, um, so that was one where I was like, hell yeah, like, bitch, you go go on that. And because of that, because she got nominated, I now appreciate Jamie Lee Curtis's nomination because it's like, okay, cool. We got the one that should be in there in there. So now we got the fun one, the career nominee. Yeah, because this is her first Oscar nomination. What? Yep. I thought I swore I thought she was nominated for a fish called Wanda. Nope. This is her first Oscar nomination in her whole career. So that's why I'm not mad at it. I I could have sworn something probably happened in like the 80s. I thought it was like fish called Wanda or like maybe True Lies or something because she won Best Supporting Act or Best one of them at the Golden Globes for True Lies. It was just it was uh, it was one of those things when I found that out today I was like oh okay then y'all need to sit down y'all need to let her have her moment because this might not happen again especially if she it wasn't gonna happen for Halloween so um so that was one Stephanie Shu was def- was one uh, within the same category even though I really dislike the movie itself Hong Chao love yeah. Hong Chao she had I, a I great she year is, last I mean, year I mean, so no, I'm glad. No- no shot to Brendan Fraser, but she's the best performance in the movie. I think hands she's down. the best performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think their scenes together for a movie that, like you, I don't think I enjoyed no. really at all. I think their chemistry is like, or like, is like the only bits in that movie that, like, it actually feels like two people that have a history and a connection yes. with each other. So, um, honestly, I kind of liked her more in like the menu and all that, but. Hong Chao has had a stellar couple of years, so I think mm-hmm. um, recognizing that in a good performance in a movie that they're paying a lot of attention to, even if I don't like it, that's fine. I don't think she's going to win, but I'm happy to see her there. Um, still still remember seeing her in an in Inherent Vice poking yes, her little head out yes. the door and being like, that girl's going places. <laughs> yeah, and then I remember being like, and she would just show up in little things, and then I remember when I heard she was in Watchmen, I was like, that's interesting. Is she going to be a big oh, role? so good in that. So good in Watchmen. Um, but yeah, and then speaking of another person who's very good um, in a lot of things, and I'm glad finally is getting recognized. So I haven't seen this specific movie. I need to okay. now. Um, that being said, Brian Tyree Henry for uh, Causeway. Yeah, I don't It's a weird really choice. Like, I don't... I love him, and he is good in that movie. I truly found that movie to be like a real slog. slog. Really? Um, 
I don't but, know. I just I like seeing him happy. Yes, yes. I I wish all the best for him. So I I'm gonna I pretend it's for um mad. I'm gonna pretend it's his nomination for if Beale Street could talk, or just like all of Atlanta. Yeah, we're just sort of like that's that's more cinema than most cinema that gets nominated yeah. for Oscars. Um. So yeah, that was one. Obviously, Women Talking Best Picture. I've already talked about. Um. Florian Hoffmeister for Tar. Didn't expect him to get in for cinematography. Um, I have a lot of other not positive thoughts about the rest of the cinematography field, but I'm glad Florian Hoffmeister's in there. And then lastly, I have to talk about it. Every tongue that rises against Andrea Riceborough shall fall. Oh, so is that the, you're going to put this in this category? Okay. No, no, I'm not. I'm just saying. Here's the thing. I have the theory that every gay has one actress that they stand, and they're always a little bit older, and they're always there's always one character actress they go for. I am a Andrea Riceborough bitch, so uh-huh. you have to realize that you're talking to the equivalent of like a Barb or a Swifty, but for Andrea Riceborough right now. Uh-huh. Um, her performance in To Leslie is amazing. I've I've not seen it. No one has. Okay. Well, well, this is this is this is the movie that everyone is talking of. Like, well, why is it in here? I haven't seen it. I'm like, yeah. I, why I guess are some you- some context that I should give the listeners in case they are not on on film Twitter. This is basically like a small independent film that I think very few people have seen. Momentum Pictures kind of- release. It was very small. It premiered at South by Southwest. Yeah. I yeah. saw it at South by Southwest. South by oh, Southwest. so that's where you saw it. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I saw it so a, there, almost a year this ago. Big um, campaign to get Andrea Riseborough a, a Best Actress nomination in the last few weeks, and a lot of um, big, big celebrities names. kind of like holding special screenings and kind of like tweeting about the movie and putting comments about small the movie film on with Instagram. the giant heart. Yes. Um, do you fall on the uh, cynical or more um, wholehearted side of the aisle in terms of like how you've sort of interpreted the this sort of like recent push? For, um, for I think it's a mixture of a. So I know Andrea Riceborough. I don't know the guy's name. I know her manager is really good. Yes, that's I, that's what I understand. And is then, this is a very very well calculated yeah. last minute. Well, because campaign. Momentum Pictures wasn't going to do it. They have yeah. they're like a subsidiary of a subsidiary underneath like Entertainment One. I, mm-hmm. I remember waiting like six months from like who's going to pick up this movie because I saw it at South by Southwest. I was like, this is good. It's a, it's very conventional, but she's so good in it. Would I have put her in the top five of Best Actress? No, but I'm not arguing with it. So it's like both a, I don't know why you're here, but I'm happy you came type Mm. of like situation. So of course that's not going to be it. Honestly, for me, a lot of it also felt like, um, like to me in Mm. my social life, I don't have much of one, but my group chats, I'll go to war for so if someone texts me saying, listen, I need this. Could you help me? Yes, I will. I absolutely <laughs> can will. Yeah. I, do, what do you need me to tweet? What do you need me to put out there? Where do I need to be at what time? We're going to get mm. you in. Guess what they did? You're you're probably right that it's probably like a little bit of both of just like, no, I want to help at, out my friend as well as listen, like. Listen, I want to say it's that. It's not that. They're all at CAA. The, there's They're all at of, CAA. There's CAA. plenty of reporting that the, this this is a, a very, very strategic campaign with yeah. like very well connected like managers. And I think you're people. seeing a, a rep like a like an, a rep company taking mm-hmm. the reins of an Oscar campaign more than a studio is. Yes, and that's perfect. it's a little bit strange and off-putting, mm-hmm. but I think it's only strange and off-putting because it was made so apparent because let's be real here. This has happened probably hundreds of times before. Oh, they yeah. just don't tell you because yeah. they assume that the studio is going to do enough for you to think it's organic. Mm-hmm. That was never going to happen with to Leslie momentum didn't even they like released a trailer for it a week before it came out i heard it was getting released i was like who picked it up like finally momentum threw it out dumped it and i was like that's a shame i'm shocked but again not angry but i have i just have some questions i'll be curious the last thing i'll say about it is whether this what if she wins well, I would, we put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> put a pin in that until later in the podcast for for another category. But no, I'll be curious to whether this um, ignites kind of a new strategy of awards campaigning of just you know 
actors, more actors and actresses saying like, well, I would like to be in the conversation and the studio isn't necessarily going to like be doing the, the FYC stuff for my performance in this See, movie. So I'm going to attempt I, something I like this. I don't even this. think Andrea Riceboro did. I think she literally got a call one day saying like, I bet what happened was one famous person watched their screener for it and was like, mm. wow, she's good in that. And made it back to her manager and her manager went, Oh, Kate Winslet liked it or whoever started right. it. Roll up my sleeves. Literally like, <laughs> let me make some calls. <laughs> Andrea, cancel your plans. Like we got to book you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but I've actually, I need to see it. You'd think I have it since I'm a stan of hers. I did hear though, that her better performance of the last year was please baby, please. But that it was oh. super weird. And that obviously the Oscars would have never went for that. But then again, I would have said that about to Leslie about a month ago as well. So who knows? Destiny turns on a dime with the Oscars. You're in one day, you're out the other, and then you're also back in somehow a little bit later on a day, Armas. But we'll that's that's Hollywood, baby. I know. Um, my my one uh just to kind of keep us rolling, my one kind of pleasant surprise that I'll mention was uh Paul Mescal in the, the acting category, who I, I knew he was kind of floating on the ether of that category. It was Hammer Cruise. Right. I and and even then I, I I don't know. I just kept thinking like, I don't know, that movie's like very small, but you know, his performance in that movie, I think is one of my favorite performances of last year. Um, and I, I just feel for, for reasons I don't have to get into on this podcast, feel really connected to that performance. I totally get that. I, I have those, those type of like performances and, and movies as well. Weirdly enough, mine don't really always line up to be like understandable. I literally like, again for things not i'm not going into on here suffered something not great back in september and weirdly enough the thing that got me through it was david bruckner's hellraiser who uh -huh. knew literally yeah. it's like who would get, like why do i love that so much but again doesn't always have to make sense i was happy to see him there because i yeah. am just rooting for him i i didn't love after sun i liked it but i didn't love it he's great I, in it and he i like it but it's not i'm not one of the people that's like this is one of the best movies yeah last like year. when it missed everything else i was like that's fine i don't care but seeing him there i was like that's good i like seeing young people get nominated um i didn't know he was my age that yeah. freaked me out i've seen so many people be like oh my god you should make the call me by your name sequel but replace army hammer with paul mezcal and it's like paul mezcal's younger than timothy chalamet like wild it's are you, so are weird. you excited for gladiator 2 uh paul mescal <laughs> not really but i'm ex i'm happy for him i don't know that i uh, would i thought gladiator 2 was a total joke that that was getting made until that announcement came and i was like dang i am kind of 15 percent more interested to see him in a ridley scott movie that i like. can't wait to see him in those slutty little skirts that's what I'm excited for. No, um, that feels like the type of like fake movie of like, sure, like that'll get made uh, as much as a Madonna biopic would. Oh, too late. <laughs> eh, moving on. Um, um, what were some snubs for you? Okay. Um, uh, just to kind of keep us going, the one snub I'll mention um, kind of broke my heart to not see Decision to Leave in the, the international feature category. Uh, that was definitely one of my favorite movies of last year. Um, two of the movies in that category I have not seen. I have not seen um, Argentina 1985, and I've not seen uh, The Quiet Girl. Um, of the others, I mean, I like uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, and I like EO. Hashtag good boy. Um, close, I thought, was fine but i'm not one of the people who's like ecstatic about yeah. that movie i've seen all quiet on the western front i've seen the quiet girl i've seen 45 minutes of close and i gave up on it for again personal reasons haven't seen argentina 1985 um nor have i seen eo okay so here's the thing that held me back from eo i was like oh movies with animals i don't like watching animals go through stuff is it a rough like animal violence slash cruelty watch it's not there's bad things that happen you to can animals, cut this, but... You can cut this part out. Um, yeah, definitely cut this part out. Does the donkey die? I'm very interested in Argentina 1985, though, if only for its Golden Globes win. 
I yeah, know, like, I, I kind of really need to check that one out now. Yeah, because, I mean, even though, like, of course, the Globes are the Globes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're still a little bit of like, huh, that's interesting. And I do, the main actor, Ricardo Duran, is a fabulous actor. He's been in a lot of, like, Spanish movies and stuff, so mm-hmm. I trust it. Um, I was a little more lukewarm on Decision to Leave, but okay. I was definitely surprised. I know, Park Chan looks like my favorite Korean director, and I was like, it's fine. Um, yeah, I think my biggest one. So, like, Top Gun and cinematography, I was a little surprised. Yeah, that that one, I because I thought like at the Atlanta Film Critics Association, I'm in, like we gave that our cinematography yeah. award to Top Gun. I thought that was a really cool pick. And it's and, not and, my favorite like cinematography, but I was just surprised mm-hmm. that something that out there when it comes to the where you're putting the camera and and all of that lighting stuff. and all yeah. of that and how physical it all was i was surprised by that um my personal snub of like oh i wish that was there but also in the front of my mind i'm like girl that was yeah. never gonna be there i wanted taylor russell for best actress oh. but i'm not upset about it because she was never getting I- in I'm less wild about Bones and All than you, but yeah. I, I'm I'm all for the I'm all in the Taylor Russell. I love hive her. Of life. Like I, I knew it was never happening. I wasn't sad when it didn't happen. It was just when I was writing down my stubs, I was like, I can't not put her. My biggest one that I was like, huh. And it was mostly for technical awards, though I would have loved to see it show up and like actual yeah. stuff too. Um actually no, one quick one before that. Greg Frazier, Batman. Yeah, which I didn't I didn't think about that until you My just mentioned favorite. it just because it didn't make the the short list yeah. either, which I I I thought was crazy. Like the No, the no, it made the it made the cinematography short list. It didn't make the score oh, wait, short wait. list. I'm I'm sorry, but, I'm thinking of Michael Giacchino's score for the but, Batman. Uh, alternatively also, my favorite score of last year. Right. Like, like t- both two, both of those were my number one in yeah. my guild picks. And I was yeah. sh- I Brief. was brief brain fart on my part but yeah, like i I, yeah, I agree sad. with you i cannot believe that that movie whatever you think of it's it gorgeous. would not be it's nominated just... in cinematography yeah. and then i i agree it's, with you it's like especially that in the because Babylon black panther was me. nominated for a lot of stuff too and i was like i feel like i feel like there's a lot in batman that did stuff just as well but whatever that's not in my stubs because i don't really care that much um but the big one where i was like how did this not even get into technicals let alone even maybe an acting or a writing award was nope Oh yeah, I I guess I'm unsurprised by that just because I know I was that, surprised. That movie, like, I think is a little bit more divisive than I think. Yeah, outside like, of film critic circles, like I knew Kiki wasn't getting in. I would have loved to have seen Kiki get in, but I knew yeah. she wasn't. Um, but I was like, not even best sound. Yeah, how the yeah. how? I mean, maybe it's because I saw it in IMAX, which I I figured most people did. even cinematography. Like, there's just sequences in there where like I have no Gorgeous. idea how they pulled that off. Seriously, or, or finding out was like, wait, this is all shot in the daytime. Like all the nighttime sequences are all actually the daytime. That's that is Hoyt van Hoytema for you. Seriously, he's great. But I was still like, even just best sound, I was like. Maybe is it just because I saw it in IMAX and y'all saw it on a screener? But did y'all not watch the Jupiter's claim scene? Did y'all yeah. not listen to that? Like, what the? I don't know. That was my big one where I was like, ah, that's that's a shame. Yeah, I I think I think my other one that we kind of just touched on is yeah, Michael Giacchino just yeah. not getting in for the Batman score, which um you know, speaking of critics awards, like got you know us here in Atlanta, we gave that our best yeah. um score. It's it's amazing. It's it's that and the Babylon score are my two favorite scores from last year, and it's it was it's wild to me that like that didn't even make the short list for scores. I wonder if there's some sort of weird technical thing. Oh, he's got Lydia out. I got my tar. I got my tar vinyl yesterday. Um, I love the tar score, but I will say I'm not surprised it didn't get in because it's very um, it's not it's it's, it's interpretation very, it's, and yeah, pre- yeah, it's very diegetic, like very. Or not? I don't know which one it is. Um, but I think yeah, it didn't get in because it's like her doing renditions. On yeah, it's not a traditional score. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was a big one. Um, but okay. Yeah. Also, Let's... I thought Taylor Swift was snubbed for three categories for best short film. Just kidding. Please. Moving on. Um. So now, now, now to a now to a category of kind of like who who do you think 
it could be it could be a person you know it could be an actor it could be someone else in a crafts category it could just be a movie in general who do you think now looking at these nominations has a step up from what we would have thought like a few days ago Okay. Ana de Armas. Seriously. Yeah. I mean, Ana de Armas and obviously Andrea Riceborough, I don't think either of them... Well, I don't know about Andrea Riceborough. We'll see how the campaign goes for the next almost two months, because it's not until the middle of March. Um, I was just... Oh my god. Um, yeah, it was... That was the big one where I was like, huh. Wow, that's... You know, that's I'm a choice. I'm kind of not surprised from just you and I both know the Oscars love like a a performance that that requires a lot from you as an actor. And even though I think you and I both did not like I Bond, I and, will say and, though this nomination today it made me start thinking. I was like, should I try it again? And I know for a fact the answer is hell no. But it it is it is even if it is a performance that I wish gave her more to do as an actress. Like I love it, her I, so much though, but it's just it's like oh you're making it hard for me to be well, excited I, for you. I get why it got nominated because it's a re- it's a performance that requires her to go through a lot. Like like even though I think it is sort of like a little bit eye rolling that the movie basically just sort of treat it, it it has nothing for her to do than to just sort of be a sacrificial lamb yeah. the whole movie like gives her like no other nuances to play with like i can see an admiration from the actor's branch of like she committed fully to the you know the brutality of this movie and was willing to yeah. sort of like put herself through the ringer for it i and think of so colin i, I'm not I think of colin farrell's globe there. speech too now that now that i think yeah. about it i'm like oh wait they were i, I wonder if her. that if that tipped a few more people to check that movie out also everyone loves her Everyone hates this movie. Well, not everyone, but like most people Brett in Easton our Ellis circle. I'm surprised Brett Easton Ellis did. Brett Easton Ellis didn't write the script because it feels like he did. Um, but regardless, um, I most of the people in our circles hated Blonde yeah. for the most part. But none of us dislike Ana de Armas. We all love her. She's so easy to root for. But this yeah. is not an easy movie to root for her in at least in terms of award stuff Mm -hmm. um yeah that was like the one where i was like huh interesting that's that's a that's a choice i mean i was kind of surprised that everything everywhere got 11 nominations yeah it was like that banshees and i think what my pick would be is i I feel like all quiet on the western front way bigger of a contender than i would have thought of a few weeks ago of thinking like oh yeah it might get like a couple technical nominations and it'll probably be your front runner for international feature but yeah. what i i think is is one of the bigger contenders in i i still think it's going to come down to a two-way race between banshees and everything everywhere oh i abso- but, absolutely but i think i think i think the 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 third dark horse might actually be this movie and and well i'll save that for a for a for a crazier prediction later on but i i would say that kind of looking this morning was like oh wow this that that movie got like a big step up i think from where i thought it stood kind of like a few weeks to even a month i'm ago. gonna try um at some point i know i'm sure because it's nominated for so much it'll somehow end up with a semblance of a theatrical release i need to see this movie in theaters mm. i've only mm-hmm. seen it on screeners same and i think it probably plays so much different in a movie theater and yeah. I'm sure Netflix put on plenty of physical, like, in-person screenings for it in L.A. and New York and such. So Yeah, I kind of uh, regret not seeing it on a big screen at, at TIFF. I forget what I chose to see instead. But eh, See, like, I never had the option. It was never at Film Fest 919 that never played in theaters around here because Netflix, in its initial release, dropped that shit. They went, mm-hmm. hi, have fun in October. And then now, out of nowhere, it's... It, it seems like they kind of got caught off guard a little bit or or this seems like it sort of became netflix's kind of like big award season yeah you know movie within only like the last couple months yeah. of like again you know, it's because, brand recognition you know everyone right. knows the name of that of like oh that's that book my dad read when i was you know a kid or whatever well i think and it getting good reviews and like a lot of the big kind of auteur netflix projects yeah. from last fall kind of being like swings and misses to an extent do you want to but, know what i think a little bit of it is too 
I think a little bit of it is uh, it's bigger with audiences because they have the option to dub it on Netflix. Mm. And Americans love that shit. Mm, they don't want to read subtitles. And and I heard, you know, an, an interesting perspective was kind of like, uh, I think on the Big Picture podcast, they mentioned about like, it does kind of fit a little it it fits pretty neatly into like an old fashioned war movie yeah. structure of even like the cutaway, even the stuff that's added from the book, like the cutaways to like the generals and leaders that are discussing. They're like, we have to save the men, and we got to end the war. For Daniel them. Brühl needs a paycheck. <laughs> it's a br- yeah. it's a it's a German movie. It is mandated by German law that if there is ever a character in a German movie, it has to be played by Daniel Brühl and extra points if it's a nazi or like during world war one time yeah i thought it was just interesting their point of just like it has even the scenes that like if this was an american movie we'd be like that's a little bit of like speechifying and like proud of itself but like it doesn't necessarily come across to us like that it it, here in the states because it's in a different language and it's from a different country um i just thought an interesting perspective uh who do you think has like a step down like who do you think is like doing worse in terms of like a performance or a movie in general than what we thought of before these nominations women talking yeah i thought that i i was like i don't think anymore there was a moment early on in in award season maybe october november where i was like oh yeah there's a good chance that both claire foy and jesse buckley are gonna make it through and like Mm -hmm. they're gonna be the the double nominated movie this year that's going to split the vote but like that's going to be them and for them to miss out on that entirely i feel Mm -hmm. like out of nowhere it went from like women talking women talking and then out of nowhere angela bassett which not mad about i love seeing angela bassett win and honestly can i give a hot take about what i think the women talking thing is and and i like women talking i want to be clear that before i drop this it's unmarketable but yeah please please go well, I also, think people, the release sucked, too. Well, I do think that kind of weird, just constantly moving around release, but yeah. I think people just don't like this movie. I think, and and I I think, I had a, a weird suspicion that, like, this was a movie that was, I'm even surprised it got the Best Picture nomination. I am, too. I, I just sort of felt like, I had a weird feeling in the back of my head that it was just going to be perceived. And I heard a few rumblings about it when it like this, when it premiered, when it played at TIFF of just sort of like some people just, it just being a like eat your vegetables sort of movie. And it being like, this isn't fun. I'm not enjoying this. And of just like, I'm going to turn this off or kind of like, I I'm, I'm just like not here for this. And of even like a really upset movie like they're All not Quiet ha- on the Western I was about to front. say they're not having fun with women talking but All Quiet on the Western Front is fine. Well, but of that being a movie that like, you know, people get the like visceral kick out of like the the spectacle of war and all of that, but yeah, I you know, I I I just feel like the movie is both so stagey while also like so But also they that- nominated Ana de Armas for Blonde, so they obviously like that a little bit too. She's going through nothing but hell in that movie. <laughs> yeah. That's that's just sort of my prediction about like what I think happened yeah. with this movie is I think it just became a little bit of like an eat your vegetable sort of movie for a lot yeah. of voters. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a million and a half reasons from each individual voter as to why one thing fell and one thing gained mm-hmm. and all of that. It's kind of hard to always surmise that, especially with Oscar voters. They're so moody. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah i would say that's kind of the big one um having i mean granted i don't think that they're always necessarily like has to be like a quota for it that being said at this point it's 2023 if you don't have women directors in your top five like that try harder um i would say i don't know that i'm gonna have controversial picks for this but i think this definitely sort of re-emphasized that kind of like there really wasn't as much of a a swell for either babylon or the whale which were kind of like the two very divisive end of year movies that even i some people including myself were thinking like well sometimes like a divisive movie like 
vice or something like that will kind of get or joker will kind of get in there because the people who like it just love it so much and it's almost like that a was, spite vote half the time and thinking that was probably going to happen with one of those two but i think this kind of really like i think the whale only got its two acting nominations and babylon got some like technical nominations yeah and, score which i think score, it, score's which, gonna be a, its take home yeah which like not a bad one to win honestly it's a great been, score been bumping the st- score in the car here's the thing so uh played babylon at work so uh-huh. there would be a lot of times and especially at christmas we played it in our big theater therefore we were in the box office by the big theater so i am a little sick of the score because i had to listen to it at work it is very you like... can't tune that out it's <laughs> you very can't... It definitely was stuck in my head for like the entire month of December after I went to the. There would be times it was like, we got it at Christmas. It maybe took until December twenty eighth where I was like, "Up, title card just dropped." Oh, there you go. They're in the Tobey Maguire sequence now. Like I knew. Was definitely just like for salt for several weeks, just like walking around my apartment or the office or like back home when I went home for Christmas. Is like. It's never been a Damien Chazelle movie without good ass music. Yeah. Even the not good ones always you can at least rely on that. Well, let's let's end on something super crazy. Hunter, what is your wild hot take big swing prediction that's just gonna like it it might not even happen, but you're gonna you're it probably won't happen, but you're gonna stake your flag in the sand and blow up the microphones that are that people's earphones are going to erupt in the flames because this is just such a spicy take um mine's kind of unfortunately a negative one it's one that i could have spoken on in the last category but i decided to put it as my big swing i was just gonna slap jimmy Kimmel. you know what that's how you win the that's how you win the public back um my big one is that i think that the fablemans is walking home empty-handed Okay, I don't know that I would and disagree I, with that. I think that I think that would probably happen. Uh, I would say a month ago, I wouldn't have said that. We just got the Fablements at work because they're like, "Oh, there's a second win for it. Let's book this movie now that it's cheap." And Did it's they like, see the Jeopardy segment? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, and I just don't think enough people have seen yeah. it, and I don't I, think I've it, been holding out that like point, the moment it drops on Peacock, I'm going to get a lot of texts on my phone being like, "Just watch the the Spielberg movie; it's really, really good." But how many people do you know have Peacock? Mm. I love Peacock. I do, don't hold that. My year of dicks. Um, <laughs> that but, was the um, best moment of the of the loved to it. only have it immediately followed by I forget what the name of it, but the like my Oscar drop or something like that. <laughs> it was like not a great one. That was one of the moments where I was like, he's handling this like a champ. He'd be such a good host. Um, but yeah, I just don't think I feel like every category that it once had a hold in, it just doesn't seem to be having it. I feel like people are almost a little annoyed at Michelle Williams taking up a lead. I think it's just the taking Spielberg for granted thing. I think people are just sort of like he's he's had his moment in the sun and it's kind of like good for him for making this movie. And and I say that as it was one of my favorite movies of last year. Here's the thing. I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you. I think I might like West Side Story more than The Fablemans. I mean, West Side Story is great, so I don't, I don't think that's a crazy... I hate West Side Story, crazy. though. <laughs> I don't hate The Fablemans. I hate West Side Story the musical, but damn, he did a good job on that now that Stevie I really flexed. Yeah, but I just, I don't, I don't see enthusiasm in any category enough at this point that I think it will walk away with anything. I think, especially, like, Paul Dano was never going to win, but I thought he maybe had some footing. Apparently he doesn't. I do think Judd Hirsch is a more inspired choice for I, supporting I actor. If I'm, um, But again, yeah, just not seeing it. That's my that's my hot take, and hold it against me. And you know what? I'll be happy for it if I'm wrong. I have maybe a cousin to, to your hot take, which is I okay. think... I don't think Avatar or Top Gun are going to win any awards. And I think All Quiet on the Western Front is going to take all the technical awards that those are nominated for. That is a take because I... I I think that's the more... I think a very technically accomplished movie that also has more prestige and and quote-unquote importance to it. And I think that... I think the the Academy is going to lean more into that. I think that... I think some of them are kind of like you know 
warming okay, their hands of like, you, oh boy, I'm, I'm, we the, here's a movie we can feel good about about giving awards. I'm gonna to. give you that. I'm gonna give you that with the exception of one category. Okay, which one? Visual effects. Oh, uh, you you still, you still think I Big Jim's gonna fly I, in on that dragon? I do. And take, take, take visual. Effects. I do. It's the one. It's the one to mm. lose, but. I think that's going to be the one. Everything else, I think ev- everyone can sleep soundly at night knowing, like, it's fine. Like, it, it, Avatar is the most well-rounded. But I think for sound and things like that, things that are a little bit less traced to, like, Pro- production design. Shit that I did for this. Like, the physical elements yeah. of it, I think, yeah, I think you're going to probably see that go more Editing, towards all, 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 all that, front. all that stuff. I think, I think enough of the... Top Gun, or Tar and editing, I was happy to see. Yeah. That was another one I was yeah. like, yay. Any, here's the thing, I'm going to root for anything for Tar, genuinely. Yay. Yay um, for Lydia. But yeah, I mean, I just don't think... I'm not, like, over the moon about these nominations, but I also don't think it's that they're as, um... They're not as depressing and, like, damning for the industry as you would think that they are, judging by people's reaction on Twitter. If anything, it's one of the... People just get hysterical on Twitter. It's one of the more well-rounded years, because you have something like Kate Blanchett, let's be real, probably, probably walking home with Best Actress. Could be Michelle Yeoh. She has a very good chance as well. I'm talking maybe like 60-40. Kate Blanchett could but win and then say, I don't want this and hand it to Andrea Riseborough. She absolutely would. Um, or t- No, she would, ha- she would hand it to Tong Wei, but she's not showing up because it's not nominated for anything. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, you know, she'll probably win for Best Actress. Great. That's like the artsy movie of the year. But then... Angela Bassett most likely is getting best supporting actress for a Marvel mm-hmm. film. So it's, and again, it's just, it's hitting those different points of different audience members that while yes, there are major snubs and that like people who should be in there, it's five slots, unfortunately for most of them. Some, not a, someone's got to not get in. All, someone is going to be disappointed because everyone loves everything until they hate everything. And then you just go with what go with what the world is saying that specific day because damn it if you would have asked back in september people would say the whale would be like of course it's brendan fraser's year and now it's, it's like, like i don't know it could be him it could be colin it could be we gotta stop treating brendan fraser like a make-a-wish kid but that's another story for another time um i love him but we are infantilizing him a little bit it could be him. It could be Colin Farrell. It could be Austin Butler. I feel like it's a three-way race. There. I'm hoping Austin Butler, which if you had asked me at the beginning of the year last year, do you want the Elvis movie to win? I would have said, I'm not watching that movie. And now I watched it and I'm like, I, I love Colin Farrell so much that I, that that's the one it that would make prob- me the happiest. I think probably it's going to be his year because he doesn't need it, but I don't know what's what's the my heart this is probably a a bad question because you know your favorite movie of the year was nominated but what's what would be the win that would make you the happiest okay obviously again tar any category i was gonna say again tar would make me so happy to see it win best picture Uh that being said i know that's not happening and i think the exciting realistic option is everything everywhere all at once that's the one where i'm like if you could take that home that'd be great and it's so weird because I exist in two separate realms with Best Actress. Mm. It could go to either of them. I think I'd be slightly happier if Kate Blanchett won because it is just like, it's just the performance. Yeah. She's just the bitch. She's just that that girl. But also, Michelle Yeoh gave such a great performance and also is getting the chance to be here, which is like, not saying like, oh, she should be lucky that she's here. Not that shit, but like just a, that would be awesome yeah. too. Um, so yeah, honestly, if best actress goes either of those ways, I'm going to go home happy. And I think that's going to be, that's going to be it. Um, but yeah, I think seeing everything everywhere, just something that really came out of nowhere is not what the Oscars would typically go for. And is so loved by so many people, even though I've heard rumblings that the Academy was a little back and forth on it, but obviously that's not the case if we're seeing what we're seeing yeah. today. Um, that would just, that'd make me happy. I'd like to see that happen. Well, should we wrap things up by not talking about Oscars and recounting our Skinnamarink experience? Oh, yeah, that. Um, 
You can begin. Yeah, I probably need to explain Skinamarink to people. So this is a a low budget experimental horror movie that I fifteen thousand yeah, dollars. It became kind of a thing last year because it leaked online and became this kind of viral thing on TikTok that people were commenting on. Um Jake Trippola wrote about it on the site. I believe also interviewed the filmmaker behind it. So to check that stuff out on Film and Corey's website. Um, I think I first heard about it from him. Of hit, he saw it and was like, "Is this is like the scariest thing I've seen in years?" And then it now got this theatrical push because um, I forget is it IFC or is it Shutter? That's that's. It's both. it's both okay so can i can i explain the the ecosystem of right because because as i understand um, it it's it's this kind of got like a bigger push because it became this sort of viral yeah. online thing the ecosystem of it is that shutter picked it up for distribution out of fantasia mm-hmm. i think is the festival that it leaked from though no one actually admits it um that being said they got picked up by shutter and shutter was just gonna give it like a like oh yeah you know a shutter release put it on the website and call it a day or something and horror people are gonna like it no one else is gonna talk about it then it leaks and people watch it and they're like it it resonates a lot with like people our age and a little bit younger of just that kind of like the the youtube generation i think it plays really well but shutter is owned by amc networks like the walking dead amc who also own ifc and they finally decided to use some common sense and use ifc to release shutter movies which wasn't initially the plan with this but because of the talk it became a big release and now ifc is working with shutter a lot they did watcher last year they also uh, released um resurrection with uh, rebecca hall also a great performance that should have been talked about but obviously it wasn't going to but yeah that's how it got to where it is and uh it is it's something i'll say that yeah i think it's kind of a plotless movie but i guess like the setup of it is like two kids i believe one of them is four the other six not not really important how but like little kids they wake up in the middle of the night they can't find their parents and all the windows and doors in their house are gone and most of the movie is these kind of like static shots of kind of like the the movie is almost in like total darkness and kind of static shots of just objects and furniture and sort of like empty spaces in this home and sort of imbuing them with this sense of dread and kind of creepy atmosphere all while you know we hear muffled sounds from the kids and there is some sort of entity in this house that's never really explained that we also hear the voice of there's a tv playing cartoons in the background it really is meant to be more this kind of uh overwhelming kind of audio visual experience so you and i watched this in two very different circumstances you went to a theater to see this yes i watched this at home by myself in my apartment on my laptop in my bed with all the lights turned off um because i had i had heard from some people that maybe the theater wasn't the best place to experience this but i i wanted you and i to have a compare and contrast of our experience watching this because i was debating whether to talk about this on an episode and i went to the movies over the weekend and everyone around me in the theater was somehow talking about this thing so i was like all right yeah. we we might as well at least do a small segment on it so what was your skin and experience because i i texted you in the middle of watching it you were about to walk into the theater and i was like i was yeah i was, I was like um has anyone else watched this because this is i this i think the only thing i said was it's interesting quite yeah <laughs> Okay, so I was really interested in this. I, I'm a Shudder whore. I love all of that shit. I, I'm a, obviously a huge horror fan. And so I had to see this movie. Couldn't see it the first weekend because of uh, work stuff. And it was a very limited release that weekend. But then it made its way to AMC. Um, I think I kind of hated it. But I also, I feel like um, I feel like Vanessa Hudgens talking about COVID in that one Instagram live. I'm sitting here like, listen, I get it. I respect it, but no, it's just, 
it is, I think, a really interesting 25-minute short film mm. that is an hour and 40 minutes long. That being said, I hated it. Oh, I didn't hate it. That's that's harsh. I really didn't like it um, because it went on too long. Did it deeply and seriously frighten me? Absolutely. Yeah. Just because of the vibe and... I was fully like, oh, this movie's all vibes. That's all it's going off of. It's trying to get that liminal energy. And then it hits you with a jump scare or two. And especially in a quiet, empty theater, mm-hmm. they definitely do get you. I was there were a couple times where I had my like hands over I, my I think ears the jump because... scares aren't even to me like as effective as just like, you know, I'm thinking there's like the one sequence in like the the parents' bedroom. Parents bedroom. That, that has so much sort of That's the best scene in the red and and you know is is so perfectly i think playing with your sort of expectation that something is going to just like jump out and happen at any moment and just sort of extending that for as long as possible um i i maybe like this movie a little bit more than you do while i'm also pretty mixed on it of like i don't know that i enjoyed it and I can't, there are definitely parts of it that I found very, very boring. And as you said, very yeah. slow and kind of drawn out. But there are other sequences in it that just, I think, be, genuinely was, are was, was, was and extremely, frightening. extremely, extremely scary. Um, you know, there's even like another scene with like the entity talking to the, the, the kid yeah. that, and, you know, talking about like, things he wants the kid to do um yeah. that i i found really un, unnerving but it I, I, yeah. I think it plays with sound really interestingly i think it is more of a sonic experience than a visual experience the weirdly theater audio i saw i just saw this on like a regular theater at my like crappy amc classic mm-hmm. which was actually the perfect place to watch it because the theater hasn't been renovated since the 90s which Oh, yeah, movie takes place in 1995 as well, so, like, there's no, like, modern technology, or not modern, but you know what I mean. Um, Like, 27 years ago, or 28 years ago, technology. Um, Those jump scares were so damn loud. When I tell you, they were, they hurt my ears. It genuinely, like, was a physically unnerving experience at a point, because I... It just felt like a gun to your head the entire time a little bit, which in one on one hand, again, is incredibly frightening. On the other hand, when it goes on for so long without doing much of anything, I'm just sort of like, again, well, you're going to jump out of your seat when it goes from like utter silence to just sort of yeah. like screaming, yeah. like shout, like just the most horrendous noises. It is a great sonic experience. That being said, Cut, you could cut out most mm. of it, condense all the good parts into, again, a 25 to maybe 40 minute short film. And I would have been way on board with it and said, this person needs a feature film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think he just might. I think the director, Kyle Edward Ball, might have just bitten off more than he could chew in terms of the content of it. That being said, you can't ask for a better debut mm. rollout than what this has. Viral is the thing to be at this in this day and what, age. Were there other people in the theater with you? I'm so interested to hear. Like there were about ten other people. What, what, what and... was their vibe? Like, like did they know that they were seeing a very, very like experimental yes. odd movie? Some of the, or, some of them did. I did hear one girl when I was leaving saying that was the worst f-ing movie I've ever seen in my life. You're not picking anything anymore. Um, so I sat near the front, so I didn't see a lot of people's reaction mm. behind me, and that's where most everyone was. There was one guy in front of me who was jumping at a lot of stuff, and I felt his pain. Um, I also had to be very self-conscious because someone I went to high school with came in the theater, so they were behind me, and I was like, I don't want them to think, like, he's a big pussy, he's just jumping at everything. Meanwhile, I'm in the front row with my hands over my ears. Um it's just it's such a weird experience because again i respect it i love that we're talking about a fifteen thousand dollar experimental short film because ifc decided to take that step spend a little bit of extra money and capitalize on some tiktok fame and because of that next month they're putting out another movie called consecration which i watched last night but like 
keep it coming. Yeah. You know, the, I think the more like interesting indie horror that we can get out, especially with like this, like a, a debut, you know that there are studios lined up to that dude's or not studios, but you know, like a 24 or right. neons knocking at the door being like, let's ride this. So, yeah. Um, I like see I like seeing that even if I did not enjoy the experience of the movie itself. I look forward to seeing what he else he has to say though. Yeah, I I I think I'll just leave it with it's an interesting experience, and I I agree with you. I think it's cool that it's getting yeah. way more attention than like you would think. It's it would a movie yeah. of this size and, and this obscure would be otherwise getting, and that people are talking about it and you know it and uh one thing is so like obviously it went viral on tiktok back in the fall and such and then kind of went wide i will say one thing that i'm incredibly happy to see is that ifc for its theatrical release and now shutter for its shutter release next week um they've i've seen so many ads for it on tiktok Mm. they're pushing this thing to like the general masses which i think a it's giving like paramount giving darren aronofsky 30 million dollars to make mother and releasing it in wide release opening weekend it's gonna blow up in your face but you still did it and i respect that well hunter thank you for for stopping by this week we will thank thank uh, you button down and wait for the next two months until the academy awards (laughs) listen by that point we're gonna have picked five other actresses who could have been in best actress instead because someone's gonna come up with like hey uh wendy malick was in this movie that got a two screen release and made four dollars at the box office last year and we think we should give it to her because apparently that's how things work now um and honestly the more deranged we can get next year with the celebrity ad campaigns the better i anticipate it stay tuned to film inquiries the latest as we will hopefully be discussing uh some of the news coming out of the sundance film festival this year also have around the corner a new m night Shyamalan movie i'm so excited a new uh marvel movie that has jonathan majors in it so i guess it's kind of exciting yeah um to who i mean i like jonathan majors Oh, I do too, but I'll just wait for his Sundance movie to come out. Yeah, let's leave it there. We're looking forward to Sundance titles and the uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie.